Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 242 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi, everyone. Yay, Yay. podcast time. I know. We are not overly chipper today. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone who's been following the streams knows that we have come down with a bout of sickness. You can probably hear it in my voice that I'm a bit nasally today. Mm-hmm. I, I feel as though I'm on the recovery of the cold. But it's still there. It's not pleasant. And um, yeah, it's a bit debilitating at the moment. Yeah. Very little sleep, lack of energy, ailments just uh, kind of cropping up, muscle injuries, niggling things. It's fun. We're getting older. We're getting older. Yeah, that's that's probably the, the issue. But the um, I guess the other thing is that from uh, Monday, which is yesterday when you're listening, um, Ali will be going back to school. So mm-hmm. we've probably been building up to that moment. Like yeah. it's just, it, it is that thing when you like, you know, when you like really need to go to the toilet <laughs> and the closer you get to the toilet, the mm. more you need to go. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, no, it's it's just been, it's just been such a hard time. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully after this week, we'll, we'll feel a bit more at ease with things. Energized. We can actually like do things that we want and, and yeah, and. Uh, but I also hope just that COVID is going to be going down less and less because going down the, more and more. Vac- you mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, just you know, I just hope that that it it's it's on its way out. I mean, the numbers keep going down, thankfully. Over here, at least, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh well, where we are specifically, but um, my heart goes out to all of you guys who are still who might have family members dealing with it or friends dealing with it. And um, yeah. So on that chipper note, chipper note, I'm going to try my best to uh, bring Lauren's spirits up because she's looking very, very downbeat at the moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about the Final Fantasy VII remake. There was a huge explosion of news that happened, uh, I think probably best just under two weeks ago now. Mm. maybe a week and a half ago yeah and um laura's been going crazy about it ever since she's she's incredibly excited has just been chomping at the bit to talk about it to the point where today when we were doing the outline she was like what are we going to talk about Mm. (laughs) there we go (laughs) good job (laughs) daryl i'm just checking to see if you're still with us i am i am so yeah we're going to be talking all about the seven remake the uh the announcement of intergrade the mm. uh the and the announcement of the two mobile games and um we're going to be talking in detail about why it is that lauren is probably more excited about these three properties than anything else in the world right now Yay. but before we do, <laughs> before we do that uh we're going to do some shout, shout outs for our patreon supporters and we're going to kick things off with lewis james at lj composer zach duranto rachel Casterton at urban ray barry norton at nortron zero zelda clone at apes type novels Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex and Rachel Traubman at Akira Namjian. Miles Ribbons. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Tom Hughes at Tom underscore Hughes 22. Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Ryzen. Sam Ennis. Chris Willis. Fayaz Bilal. Joshua Johnson at The Cancer Bus. Freya Stella. Lauren Luscombe. Tim Michael Verne at Phoenix 02SA. Marco Lillo. Timmy Turner's Babysitter. And Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Thank you so much, Thank guys. Thank you, everyone. All right. So, Seven Remake. Mm. 
during the state of play there were obviously any time there's any kind of announcement event or anything like that anymore there's always a is vinyl fancy going to be there and it's mm. been the same for the like the last 60 years but more often than not now it seems to be the case that final fantasy is there because mm. there's actually stuff going on so there were some rumors that maybe 16 could be there kind of unlikely but there was also the stuff that seven remake could be there no one really knew what could be announced but there were some rumors flying around that had come out in january about um, potential dlc the ps5 version and all this stuff and then lo and behold right at the end of the event there it was mm -hmm. final fantasy 7 remake intergrade which is a very odd name and it's classic uh nomura in that regard there is a meaning behind the name though mm. it is a, a a reference to the old international games that they used to have and actually on that note i've got a fun fact for you here when uh uh nomura was working on uh kingdom hearts he said that he didn't ever want to call he wanted to move away from the international tagline they had been using for Final Fantasy because he thought it was, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, he felt as though it was, it was not, not prejudice, but like they were not inclusive hmm. or something. Like, I, I don't know. He, because I it mean, was, it was always a bit weird because it was the one that they released in Japan. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's weird wording because. For Japanese people, it was the international version because it was the version that Westerners got that they then got to experience, which had different content to the original game that they had, which is why they'd called it international. But it was it was also kind of misleading because, mm. yeah, it's not the international version, but it is. It's like, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he, he wanted to move away from using that wording because of like the weird associations to it, the confusion. And that's why he ended up with Final Mix instead of International. Now, for this one, Integrate obviously has the first part of that word. and But it's also an upgrade. So it's Integrate, International Upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But also, Integrate is actually a word. Mm -hmm. uh, which means midpoint to get to the middle of something and so they want integrate to basically be a very symbolic gesture to say this is final fantasy 7 remake 1.5 mm. without putting a number on it yeah. it's their way of yeah naming it without numbering it i i do wonder i i wish i could be a fly on the wall when they make these decisions like guys you know, like, I almost imagine it, it's like th on that 70s show in the pot circle where they're all like really high and then just kind of like, wait, guys, oh my God, I totally know what we have to call it. We have to combine those two words and then, and then that's going to be the word. And, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Everyone's uh, going to get it. It's going to make so much sense. Yeah. Like they're in this meeting room. Yeah. And like someone's like, integrate yeah. that's it and integrate. oh that's the best word but like i want to know what the other options were i know as well like it's it's interesting as well i mean like sort of going back to something that we've talked about quite a bit is the fact that you know we frequently talk about an entitlement of fans in like the west and sort of um the versus like sort of the japanese stuff and how we're always wanting stuff that is given to japanese fans and whatever but then they freaking try to make up words in english for their game names 
So it's just like this mixed messaging where you're just like, what, what are you, what are you even doing? Like, what, what are you even doing? You could have called it like Final Fantasy VII remake Code Yuffie or like. Well, that, no, because that's the I thing. I know right? that it's, there's upgrades. Yuffie, Yuffie is not integrated. Oh yeah, that's true. It's not. This is the upgrade. Isn't? Yeah, it is yeah. the upgraded version. Duh, my brain is off. Um, maybe <laughs> Final Fantasy VII remake polished edition (laughs) (laughs) final fantasy 7 remake remade edition Mm. remastered Um, but like what are they i mean that would be typical nomura right yeah remastered edition 46 over 27 (laughs) (laughs) like so yeah like integrate is basically uh if you own the playstation 4 version and you already also own a playstation 5 if you're one of the lucky uh four five six million there are now then uh, you will be able to upgrade to this integrate for free. Mm-hmm. If not, then it costs a little bit more, but it's that's because it has the DLC included in it. Um, and the integrate basically gives you it gives you uh, there's a performance mode or a graphics mode. Um, you've got increased textures, better lighting, better, better fog effects, better background assets. Uh, they've added a new difficulty for classic mode, so you don't have to play on easy anymore. You can play normal if you want to. Uh, what else is there? Photo mode. Um, I feel like there was something else as well. Oh, uh, the haptic feedback of the triggers. Mm. They said that like they they've put some bits in there, but it's not like proper mm. implementation. Because they were very keen to be like, okay, so yeah, like it's going to be in the bike sequence on the throttles. You're going to feel it on the to make those bike sequences so so much more engaging. Yeah, because they, they're going to make you not want to skip them this time around to get that haptic feedback. How about no? <laughs> How about I still don't like the bike sequences. Um, but yeah, and then. Um, what else was I saying? Yeah, so they, they basically said that they have done bits of haptic feedback, but we're not going to experience their full vision mm. for the PlayStation 5 controller until part two releases. So there we go on, yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Um, so that's that's all that. And and then there's also going to be the functionality to transfer your save data as well to, to integrate, which I, I thought was a bit weird the, the way they're going about it. And I don't, maybe it's just my lack of technical knowledge, but mm. you know, we, we are fortunate that we have a PlayStation 5. All of the save data gets transferred over from your PlayStation 4, either via cloud or you can do it over Wi-Fi or, or the Ethernet. And I, I've downloaded PlayStation 4 games straight off. Save files work instantly. Not a problem. I don't know why they've had to specifically implement save transfer functionality between the two versions of the game Mm. like from what i was reading you actually have to do something specific to make sure your data transfers to integrate which makes me think it's a different game like it's not the same Mm. game anymore it's like a new version of the game because i know that when i've done like the dynasty warriors games do it you can if you have uh, the numbered game and then you buy like excel then you can transfer your save data over but and it, it recognizes it's on the system when it loads up mm. like I, i'm guessing that's the only reason why i, I don't, know. don't know yeah but it is a bit weird either way yeah so um that was cool and then they announced uh which it hasn't actually been given a name yet it's been called the yuffie episode so we're just calling it episode yuffie mm. so yeah they announced episode yuffie so it's going to be a small piece of dlc we have no idea on length yet other than the fact that they've said it's going to be two chapters 
But there's also going to be loads of bonus content thrown in. But I guess, you know, you're looking at maybe two to four hours worth of stuff to do there. And um, yeah, you're only going to be able to play as Yuffie. She's um, kind of ranged, also close combat. It's an interesting mix. Um, And then there's another character called uh, Sonon Kusakabe, who is going to be joining her in combat. But the difference between him and Red 13 is that he will technically, even though you can't actively play as Sonon, you can still give him commands, mm-hmm. whereas with the Red 13, you couldn't. So he'll basically be like an AI member of your party. Like if you were playing as Cloud and you had Tifa and Barrett in your party, you could give them commands and ask them to do moves at certain times, but you won't be able to change to actively control them. They'll just mm-hmm. always be air controlled until you give them a specific ability command, for example. Also looks like they're going to be able to combine to do um, moves together, which is interesting. But uh, whether or not there's going to be other playable characters also remains to be seen. They alluded to there being multiple playable characters or or characters that will join Yuffie as you play through the DLC. But I don't know if there will be or not. It could just have been bad wording. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll see. I mean, it is interesting because um, just the fact that they... Wait, I'm trying to remember an interview that they did ages ago. Didn't they say that they weren't, like, with the remake, didn't they say something specifically about, like, certain characters they weren't going to... Did they say that they weren't going to make any new characters or they weren't bringing that was back a, old characters? That was a really long time ago. Yeah. Um, and this is, like, when people talk about, like, misaligned expectations and yeah. people lying and stuff. Yeah, like, five years ago... They they did an interview where uh, Nomura said that they will not be making any new characters and they could not guarantee that they were going to be bringing compilation characters back either. Mm. And of course, in the 7 remake, there were a whole host of new characters and the addition of Sonon as a kind of pseudo playable character mm. so clearly suggests that they don't care about that anymore. Like mm. Roche was there. We know he's going to be coming back. They had Chadley, Marl like Chocobo Sam, Madam M. Um, they didn't introduce, in Seven Remake, they didn't introduce anyone new who was kind of integral to the plot. Yeah. But we don't know how involved Sonon is going to be from this point onwards. We know from a narrative perspective that he was trained by Godo. Um, and the the whole um, kind of impetus for this DLC is that Yuffie is sent to Shinra as an official, an official omission by the Wutai Provisional Government uh, in collaboration with Avalanche, who are based in Wutai in the original game. And uh, Sonon is there kind of as um, part of the Wutai government and Yuffie is there as part of the Wutai government, but she's also part of a, a group which uh, was, was loosely translated to as the Shinobi, um, or I guess the ninjas. Mm. So it seems as though there's going to be a lot more story around Wutai in in this part because in the original uh canon avalanche were pretty much destroyed by this point their leaders had all been defeated we we don't 100 percent know that there was nothing left in wutai but their hq was gone um fajito um elfe and sears i believe were all dead and so they didn't have any known leadership anymore and when you obviously go to Wutai in Final Fantasy VII, there's no mention of Avalanche whatsoever. Yeah, actually, so ready, interesting. Back in, when was this, 2015, he said, um, 
Does this mean that the plots might suddenly change or there will be new characters appearing? You have to wait. In, uh, this is Nomura. You'll have to wait until the next time for details. However, there aren't any new characters. The characters are all being done again in this game with the design being done by myself and Ferrari. At the moment, I'm in the middle of drawing President Shinra. The art style is more realistic. So uh, to match with the visuals for this. Yeah, they completely 180'd on her. Yeah, that's just crazy. We should sue. <laughs> sue! It is interesting. Like, this was an interview with Famitsu, and it's on Livestream.net. But, like, I just wonder now how they're going to work these people into the main game, because they can't just disappear them. And, uh, like, they can't just disappear unless they just completely kill them off. Which like, is a Are you going to be right? able to play as them again? Or is this is this a precursor to, like, characters in the future like i could imagine that so uh sonon kind of uses a staff which you could argue is similar to a um a spear which is yeah. kind of like what there are Sid a uses. lot of people speculating that sonon has been developed as a precursor to sid's to gameplay sid. style yeah so like that would that's actually pretty cool if they can if they can utilize what they learned from and then creating like sonon, sonon kind of gets replaced by sin at some point in the story because obviously sonon or sorry sid wouldn't fit in this in this storyline no although um Obviously, Sid is a key part of Yuffie's story later mm. on in the yeah. game. Like, or after Seven, like, they become close friends. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah. So, I mean, it is. we'll have to see how it plays out. It could be that Sonon is just here for this, and then he never appears throughout the rest of the remake project. Like, yeah. he was just kind of like a small side character. Because I think one of the challenges they have, and they're going to have to do the same for Vincent, and they probably will have to do the same for Sid as well, is that none of these characters really had any anyone else that they knew or they were related to like you know cloud has relationships with tifa and Aerith and sephiroth like he's he's a he's a fully realized character barrett has his relationship with tifa but he's also got dine red 13 is kind of by himself sid's kind of by himself like they don't really have any known story like their mm. stories are very self-contained away from what the main cast of characters know yeah and yuffie and vincent are very much the same in that like Yuffie's story it was optional in the original game you could, you could not see any of it whatsoever and so the only person of any note that is involved in her story is Godo mm -hmm. and I guess you could kind of say that the other um, uh, people in the pagoda kind of are but like you know she has like two sentences of dialogue with them yeah. like her only real source of um, exposition is Godo and her interactions with Godo we don't learn anything else other than the way she behaves on the way through because no one knows anything about her mm -hmm. so I feel as though with the 7 remake to make Yuffie into some kind of like wider character that people can understand gain an appreciation of and learn about they're going to have to introduce more parts of her heritage into the game. Yeah. Sonon is obviously being done to do that because by the interactions we see between the two, we'll start to learn about her. They're going to talk about Wutai. They're going to talk about Avalanche. Like, And there's going to be other characters that are introduced along the way. And I think that's going to be crucial to making her into a more fleshed out character because that just didn't happen in the original game. Mm-hmm. It happened after the original game came out because she was in Before Crisis, she was in Crisis Core, she was in Dirge of Cerberus, she was in the novels. Like, that's how they did it. They they realized, and it's the same for Vincent, that even though those two characters were optional, they were two of the more popular characters that they created. Yeah. 
that people care more about Yuffie and Vincent than they do Sid and Kate Sith, for mm. sure. And even Red 13 isn't overly popular in, in comparison to those two. So it's it's a very interesting one. And I feel as though they're definitely going to try and leverage that popularity the same way mm. they're going to try and do something with Zach as well. Like he's he's clearly going to feature. Yeah. I'm I like uh, to be honest. I mean, playing Final Fantasy VII the first time, I wasn't the biggest fan of Yuffie. I found her a bit annoying just because she's just really like crazy. It's that character type, isn't yeah. it? It's a love or hate yeah, character yeah. type. But now that I'm older, I do appreciate her character and I really do enjoy her. And like when I saw the fact that this was coming out, I was instantly just like, "This is actually really exciting!" Like I'm really excited to play as her. Um, and she just looks adorable. I just wish that they wouldn't be so secretive about her voice actress because, like, it just seems weird. Like, I find it just really strange. I guess in a way, like, they're trying to protect the character so that you know the character more than you know the voice actor. And then also, I guess, less interviews they have to do, less spoilers that they have to worry about. Because I'd go along with that if they were consistent because mm. they've already announced the voice actor for Japan. Yeah, and the German voice actress is already yeah, like, said. Why why withhold unless they want to have it as like a secondary marketing push because mm. obviously it's not coming out till June. Mm. So that's 3 months that we have to wait. So there's probably going to be more talk about episode Yuffie between now and then. Mm. It gives them an opportunity to say something more at yeah. some point, I guess. Yeah, but it is it is just a shame for the voice actor who this is like a great opportunity for them to get some exposure. And... I mean, it's not like it's not going to happen. No, it's not like it's going to happen. It just seems like a bit of a sort of, I don't know, dick move. <laughs> like you know like it's 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 like the it's like what the type zero and like not exactly like the type zero voice actors because obviously what they did to them was horrible. But like it's it's a similar feel it's just, it's just kind of part like of the business though isn't it like you can't it, it's not in their well, control part of, part of square enix's business yeah. which is just yeah I, I just don't i just don't get it i think it's just a bit rude but that's just me rude rude um so yeah that's that's kind of everything relating to the seven remake and episode yuffie yeah it comes out sort of mid june um the only weird thing about it this whole situation is that a final fantasy 7 remake is now available on playstation plus on mm-hmm. playstation 4 because the playstation 5 version isn't out yet they've made it very clear that anyone who downloads the or or, or doesn't own the original copy of 7 remake cannot cannot categorically will not happen upgrade to the playstation 5 version mm. I don't know why they've done that. It's such a weird thing to do. Other than to be a bit cheeky and swarmy. Yeah, like it means that if you do have a PlayStation 5 and you didn't have the 7 remake before and you now have it for the PlayStation Plus, you cannot upgrade unless you go out and buy the game. Like why why would you do that though? Like unless it's going to be on super special discount at some point, but when the integrate comes out, they're not going to do discount anytime soon. But then I guess that's the thing. I guess it's whether or not you deem the upgrade to be a new game, which like if 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 you're theorizing with the save data that it could potentially be like a a new game, 
that's that might be mm. that might be why i mean they also haven't announced the price of episode ufi so if you already own the ps4 version you don't have to buy it again um but this is also the other thing they are not releasing the dlc for ps4 owners it's a playstation 5 exclusive piece of content mm. so the only people that can get it are people that buy integrate straight off or have P- the ps4 version and also have a ps5 and can upgrade anyone who gets the playstation uh, plus version cannot play episode yuffie Mm. ever unless Mm. they go out and buy the full game yeah but i think like we've talked about this before um elsewhere but like i think this whole situation was probably a deal that was made before the stock issues with the playstation 5 and they're just kind of having to sort of suck it up because like I mean, it yeah, doesn't affect I mean, Square, right? No, it, it really sucks. And I really feel for anybody who's struggling to get a PlayStation 5 at the moment because it is really hard to get one and it's not ideal. Um, but, like, yeah, I imagine that this was just their way to get more, perhaps think like they'd get more PlayStation 5 sales as well as more Final Fantasy 7 Yeah, I mean, we obviously sales. don't know. Um, our theory is that Sony paid for it to be PlayStation 5 exclusive mm. and they would have given Square a lump sum based on expected sales. And if you're mm. Square, then it's a gamble, isn't it? You know, they have to tie up or, or, or weigh up whether or not they think they would be able to sell more pieces of DLC than Sony are going to give them in their lump sum deal. And... Uh, who knows i mean this is all speculation um as to what's happened behind the scenes uh but it it is a bit it is a bit of a weird one that they would lock it to playstation 5 yeah um because i don't know how like yeah like the the install base of people that own a playstation 5 and also own final fantasy 7 remake is not going to be that high i wouldn't have thought because at the moment seven remake as far as you know has only sold five million copies there are a good, a good 70 million odd uh, PlayStation... No, probably even more than that for PlayStation um, 4 sold. But we're at currently about the same amount of people that own 7 Remake that own a PlayStation 5 in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... The chances that all chance of them that, yeah, like, are uh, into Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I mean, we'll see once it comes out how many people um, kind of get trophies for Integrate and stuff. Yeah. But I can't imagine it being huge. Um mm. But yeah, I guess we'll just have to see what Square D because we also don't know how much. As I said, uh, I was trying to get onto earlier, but I forgot the. Um, we don't know how much episode Yuffie is going to cost either. No, we know it like the the, the integrate is ten dollars more than the regular version, so that mm-hmm. suggests it's going to be ten dollars, but it may be more. They'll probably give a discount for buying it as part of the full game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um. It's a curious one and mm. also goes back to because there are a lot of people that were um, naysaying me for suggesting that Square were going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like um, I had, had always kind of thought that they were going to do a free upgrade, but they were going to release a PlayStation 5 version of the game. It was going to be more expensive than the base game because it's another way for them to make revenue. Yeah. There are, of course, some companies that have just given free upgrades and you're done with it. Fine. Um, but I just I never... Based on the fact that this announcement has been delayed so long, I feel I felt as though if Square were going to do that free upgrade, it would have been immediate. They would have announced it ahead of time. Yeah. And uh, they didn't. And now we know why. Yeah. They they want to try and sell as many copies of Integrate as they can. They're trying to entice new people to get it. 
they're doing some shady things to try and do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it'll be very interesting to see how many copies it sells because when 15 Royal Edition came out, that didn't sell a huge amount. Mm-hmm. In Japan especially, I think it maybe sold like 10, 20,000 tops. Very small amount of the overall sales in Japan. It'll be interesting to see how many Intergrade manages to sell. Um, but it probably, probably didn't cost them that much to create, so it's profit either way. Yeah, hopefully. And that brings us on to two other things that will be profit either way. The mobile games that they announced at exactly the same time, not during State of Play, though, separate announcements. Um, the first is called The First Soldier. <laughs> we had spoken about these two uh, potential uh, games earlier in the year when the trademarks were leaked, and we had speculated that there was going to be at least one mobile game. Now we know that all of the trademarks are related to the mobile games because even the Shinra logo is the logo for The First Soldier, I, first soldier, I believe. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll start with that one first because it's the first, yep. first soldier, first game, first everything. Um, it's going to be a battle royale game mm. with RPG elements. And I want to say never in my life did <laughs> I think that there would be a battle royale final fantasy game. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what was, what was, uh, what was comrades comrades was kind of like a uh not a battle royale game that was just like a co-op mm. normal co-op game, game. Yeah. yeah i mean i guess it's hard isn't it because like it's it's something that a lot of people are doing right now and it is but it feels really late to the party like yeah if you're a first person shooter very much under or a third person shooter very much understand gotcha games have been around for ages and they still tried i guess it's a thing like it's still worth the try because they'll still probably make like a ton of money from it yeah i guess it's that whole thing right where the people that are making the popular games right now in this genre are specialists Mm. um they know what they're doing with this type of game this this genre yeah square are not <laughs> specialists in creating third or first person shooters um and they're probably going to be partnering with someone who can deliver a decent experience but it does it does make me worry a little bit about how good this game is going to be yeah and how heavily monetized it's going to be yeah i mean i would hope that they learned their lesson from like uh all the bravest <laughs> or a new empire yeah but well no like because a new empire did well it did well but it, it also didn't do well their it reputation. didn't do well for the reputation but most people who were angry about it have kind of forgot about it now unless it's we brought will up in never conversa- forget lauren <laughs> unless it's brought up in conversation um but like yeah i mean it's it's really difficult it's a really difficult pill to swallow and it's something that i also am really kind of annoyed about because i'm i've become a bit of an advocate for mobile games just from the perspective of like i think the accessibility of mobile games is the way to shift opinion of games for people who aren't gamers um i know it's a bit of a that's a bit of a weird thing considering like sort of my past but like i just i find that nowadays there's a lot of people who still are unsure about the games industry. They know about it, but they don't have they don't have a foot in. And I feel like if mobile games was taken as seriously, like 
I think it could have it could be a really good bridge. But guess, like games like this just always feel like well, th- th- this this opportunity just feels like a little bit of a step back just because it's it's more of what people say to validate free to play games. Yeah, I mean, Which I is, guess it's still good. I love League of Legends. Like, don't get me but wrong. I, but I think I my worry it. about this is that generally, like, if you, if you're thinking about like the top tier uh, battle royale games, and like there are obviously other battle royale games that kind of fly under the surface now, but like mm. most of the companies that are making them are making them to be serious games. Like they are, uh, they're esports. There's prize money. There's like proper investment in them, uh, mm. and you know people can have careers from playing these games because they're so f- thought out. Mm-hmm. I don't see Square Enix trying to take that approach here. Like, it feels as though the first soldier is going to be made as a kind of a cash grab. They're tying in. They're trying to do a popular genre. Um, and great, let's see if we can kind of sucker some people in. It could end up being decent. I'll probably play it just to see what it's like. Yeah. Um, but I really just hope it's not pay to win. Mm. Because that's obviously like the death knell for this type of game. It has to be completely accessible. And the monetization has to come from visual elements. Like... You can you maybe you can buy characters or something, but they need to be accessible to everyone. And you don't want to make it so that it's just it's locked out. There are events that you just can't win or Yeah. Like, unless it you has to be spend a, money. Yeah, it has to be a skill based game at its core and monetization has nothing to do with whether you can win or not. Because mm-hmm. that's what makes think games like Fortnite, League of Legends, PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds, like all of those games that are heavy in esports are are heavy in esports because they are skill based games. Mm-hmm. And you can use monetization to kind of show off your flair and appreciation for everything and, and show off. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to make you better at the game. No, no. Because we've seen time and, and time again and that's people why, like, with skins yeah, on League of Legends like, who aren't very Square good. Square worry me a little bit because outside of Opera Omnia, most of their games are, are pay to win. Mm-hmm. You can achieve results, but it takes a very, very long time yeah. because of the gacha mechanics. And yeah, sure, like... Y- you're going to have some gacha mechanics in there. You know, we, we, we keep talking about League of Legends. That has some gacha mechanics in there. But they're not very heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're quite low. They're very they're very soft. You don't have to get engaged with that side of things if you don't want to, and it's not going to change your experience of the game, really. So, I guess my, I'm, I'm, I've, uh, I have reservations about it at the moment um, on multiple levels. Monetization, um, like whether or not it's going to be skill-based, whether or not the quality is actually going to be any good. Mm-hmm. Like, is it actually going to be fun to play? Yeah. It, there, are, there are lots of question marks at the moment. And I think, you know, layering in the RPG mechanics over the top, like you, there's like enemies, summons in there, like there's melee, range, like it's just... It doesn't feel very Final Fantasy. No, no. But yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, we'll just have to, we'll just have to see what happens. The balance, though, is that they have also announced Ever Crisis, which is going to be a turn-based mobile RPG, which mm-hmm. is um, weirdly enough what everyone's been asking for for like the last twenty years. It's yeah. a, it's a remake of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. For modern devices kind of in a similar ilk to final fantasy um like uh three and four were done so you've got kind of upgraded chibi graphics um they're using the final fantasy 7 remake uh models in battle which is crazy it's going to be turn-based so kind of all of the people that were upset about 7 remake not being turn-based kind of that's there they are toying with there being voice acting in the game um 
And the interesting thing is that it's going to be a complete retelling of the entire compilation. Mm. So original Final Fantasy VII, Before Crisis, Crisis Core, Advent Children, Dirge of Cerberus are all going to be in there. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do that. <laughs> I don't know either. But um, they've said that, yeah, it's going to be an episodic game. So there's going to be new chapters released every month. And it's going to be going from basically start to finish of the story. And I guess the thing that's cool about this, but also somewhat unnerving to me, is that they have also said they are going to be introducing new story. Mm. So it means that there will be two remakes of Final Fantasy VII happening like in parallel to each other. Like they're going to be keeping this obviously as original, like as as close to the original as possible. It's going to be that kind of traditional remake that everyone wanted, and is is not what Seven Remake is. But they have also said they're going to be introducing, in, injecting new story into proceedings, yeah. which hopefully will not change anything. But the one thing they did say is that they're going to be talking more about Sephiroth as a child and as a teenager, mm-hmm. which we don't know anything about. Yeah, it's it's just that sort of snide way of getting people to buy into them, isn't it? It's like that sort of like, let's just, you know, the one thing that we have is story. So if you want the full story of Final Fantasy, you have to you have to get this game, essentially, like you're you're just not going to get it otherwise. And it's the same tactic they used with Kingdom Hearts, which obviously, I guess, works for them but it is it is yeah it is weird i mean i didn't play um unchained whatever it is with mm. this 50 billion names key dark yeah. road memory yeah. like whatever um was that a similar thing where it was like a very story-based game with episodes every month like how did it uh, play? yeah yeah so it was basically like you you played um <laughs> i'm gonna explain this really badly and i'm really sorry it's just because i haven't played it in a while um, but you play like a key bearer and it's during like the sort of olden times. It's like way in the past. And, um, so you're visiting all of the, you're visiting quite a few of the, um, worlds in Kingdom Hearts, but before Sora encounters them. And, um, the story all comes from, um, all comes from the sort of, I guess, I don't know, like sort of build up of these of this like secret organization of like i don't know key bearers or something it's well, like play style was like, it is it similar to like opera omnia in terms of like there's missions you go to and stuff and that's how you get the story but like before and after missions or is it does it play out more like the original seven would have done i i'd say so i'd say it's it's more like that like you have cards and you um <clears throat> or like they're like medals Ooh. oh oh <laughs> sorry you have like little medals that you you can get and unlock and you get that through doing um like sort of lucky draws um and then there's also events where you can get them and you basically like yeah encounter enemies i mean i did like the way that uh kingdom hearts uh union played in the sense that like it was just it was just a fun sort of no brain way to play through a game it was it was like turn-based from what i'm sort of remembering i just Um, i remember it's uh from what i heard it's very very heavy on the monetization 
Yeah, I mean, I could play it, but I, I still felt like I could play it quite a bit, but I think that that was also because I had stopped playing it and they gave me a load of benefits to play through it again um, when I came back to it. So I basically could just keep playing and playing and playing. Um, but yeah, I think if you were more active on it, it would have been harder, but it's nowhere near to the extent that like, I don't know, that stupid Harry Potter game was where you were like forced every like sort of half hour to pump money in. That was ridiculous. But yeah, so Ever Crisis, we're a lot more optimistic about in terms of what that's going to deliver. And, mm. you know, as someone who's obviously very invested in the original story, it's going to be great to see how they add to it without changing the intention of the original story. Yeah. I'm really interested to see like um how they do like uh well they they said that they're going to do like before crisis didn't they yeah. like that's going to be really fascinating because we haven't actually played that yet yeah I mean obviously we we've been able to just watch it people yeah playing it but, but yeah it's going to be a much different but that's where I'm really curious as to how they're going to integrate it because obviously before crisis <laughs> integrate had, like, yeah, integrate <laughs> um because before crisis had so many potential playable characters um you didn't play anyone of any real note and i think if they play it right um it could be a really good way and really smart way of them introducing certain topics into remake that people probably aren't aware of Mm. from the compilation because i don't yeah like well one of the things i've been really curious about with with remake part two is whether they is whether you'll see the Turks around the world, whether there'll be any mention of um, the old Avalanche, like the old members of Avalanche, whether they'll talk about um, like Jade Weapon or Zerkanade, which was like the big end boss uh, that destroyed part of uh, Midgar, um, and like yeah, because at the end of uh, Before Crisis, uh, most of the Turks defect away from Shinra. They turn their backs on Shinra. The only ones that don't are sung reno and rude mm-hmm. which is why they're the ones that are still there but they also don't necessarily have complete loyalty to shinra which is why they're aiding rufus and um at the end of the at the end of the game yeah so all, all of the turks that are in um before crisis uh they kind of scatter throughout the world and just start leading normal lives mm-hmm. and um one uh verdot he's got multiple names like velder's another version of his name he's kind of like that he was the leader of the turks before sung and it was his daughter who was one of the important parts of um the game he was the one that ordered the uh the bombing of calm by accident and the cover-up of it uh and he's from what i remember i think he's still alive so mm. you you may end up meeting him in in the game yeah and i think they could if they're really smart about it who knows uh they could use ever crisis as a way of introducing all of these compilation characters that i think most people probably don't know about Mm -hmm. and giving them some context so that when they do meet these characters they they know who they are it's it's exactly the same as in remake like we had no idea who um uh what's her name i don't remember their names oh yeah uh it was it wasn't like cassia or something um what was her name is that who you mean? The one yeah. that you encounter in Eris Church? Yeah, and her grandmother, mm. the angel of the slums. Yeah. Um, and then someone else, uh, uh, Leslie. Mm. Those three characters were from the novels. 
mm. and we haven't read the novels, so we didn't know about them. But obviously, if you're on the, if you're in the inside and you know about them, then you'll have a, a better appreciation of those characters. And I feel as though that's why uh, Mireille was the grandmother. Why can I not remember the the, <laughs> the kid? But um, those three characters uh, were some of the least liked mm. because no one had any idea who they were, why they were being given so much screen time. But if you had played those, or if you had read those novels, then you'd obviously have a very different appreciation for those characters. Yeah. And again, who knows whether those characters will be in Ever Crisis. Um, and we'll also potentially get to see Rufus's half-brother. There, there's, there's lots they could do with it. Because yeah. obviously if they're going to be retelling the compilation story, the compilation story is quite detailed now. Mm. There are tons of characters that people don't know about. Mm. And... Uh, I think Cisne is another one who's going to get built out. I really time. hope so. I did love Cisne. Because she was a character in Before Crisis, but she didn't have a name at that point. Mm-hmm. It was only Tabata who decided to uh, take her from Before Crisis and make her into a proper character. Mm-hmm. But again, she is still around after the conclusion of Crisis Core. Yeah. So she could appear in Remake. There's, a, there's yeah. every chance that she could appear in Remake. Particularly because of the fact that, like... Zach. Um, Zach is going to be around, so it's just oh, uh, Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. <laughs> it looks like Kyrie, but yeah, Kyrie. But yeah, so I think they they could be using Ever Crisis to help build out a a deeper understanding of the original story. Because mm. I think that Vice is going to be another one, right? There's going to be yeah. so many people that are playing remake that have no idea who Vice is because yeah. only one million people bought Dirge of Cerberus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like of those one million people how, how many, many of them have the game? actually finished like, yeah like that was a long long time ago now that that game came out that was like 15 years ago yeah so um it's gonna be uh it's gonna be an interesting one for sure how this all builds out and and works together it's it's a risk for them to release these two games side by side i think mm-hmm. but i think it could really pay off because they can play they can play them off each other mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see yeah that's the end of our discussion mm-hmm. right there done done finished dusted um so yeah the next episode of final fantasy union is scheduled to come out on the 23rd of march mm. until then be sure to check out all previous episodes if you've missed any and you want to play catch up and if you enjoy what we do why not consider supporting us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash ffkhunion for now though it's time to say goodbye bye everyone and i'm dara saying goodbye this has been a final fantasy union.com production <laughs>